We're back to the Neil Haley Show in the Total Celebrity segment, and I'm excited to welcome the program. Tom Ellis of Fox TV's Lucifer. Good morning, Neil. Tom, Tom, good morning. How are you? I'm good, Neil. How are you, sir? Fantastic, fantastic. And uh, I know uh, you're always excited about talking about what's coming up next on Lucifer. But let's talk about, Tom, first of all, your character and the show Lucifer for fans that have not seen it yet. And then we'll get into what's coming up next, what's going to come up soon. Okay, sure. So, um, so I play uh, Lucifer Morningstar. He is, um, he is the devil. He's the son of God. He's the fallen angel. And uh, the, sort of, the, the premise of the show is that Lucifer get, got bored of, uh, of being the Lord of Hell <clears throat> and completely fed up with being labeled uh, by his dad. Um, and in the ultimate act of rebellion, he decides he's going to leave it all behind, and he flies to Los Angeles, cuts his wings off so he can't go back, and uh, and decides he's going to just live here and throughout the rest of his days here. But as he's immortal, that's forever. So, um, he, he, and he basically opens a nightclub in Los Angeles, and <clears throat> in the in the pilot episode of the show, his his uh, a friend of his is murdered, and his path, uh, Lucifer's path, is crossed with this police detective called Detective Decker. And she is, is beautiful, and uh, she's very good at her job. And he basically, uh, he has this charm and this allure over all, uh, all humans, and, and females especially. But for some reason, his charms and allure do not work on Detective Decker. And this sort of intrigue into her character then sets up the rest of our show. Interesting. And now, talking about Tom in a, in a, in a, in a nutshell. <laughs> No, I have tons of questions. Thank you for opening me up to tons of questions for the show. Uh, I, I think in, <laughs> okay. in, so, in so many ways, when you were asked to do the part and play Lucifer, what was your thought process in thinking about specifically enough knowing about the devil and understanding specific <clears throat> things and how this plot goes to this kind of thing? That kind of is, is really is interesting of who's played the devil in history on different shows and different yeah. things, for sure. I'm sure you went back and researched all that. Well, that was, I mean, that, that was the interesting thing. It was like, obviously, this is a, 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 it's almost like taking on a sort of Bond character or something where, you know, people have an idea of who the character is and then lots of different actors have a go at playing it. Um, and so for me, it was like, the, the, the thing that really appealed to me, it was, it was very diff, a very different telling of this story because the, for me, the devil has always relished being the devil. And this particular one was like, he has all those characteristics and he has um, this charm and everything, but he doesn't really like the role. Um, and so it was, about, it was about a devil not wanting to be a devil anymore and how he could get away from that identity and everyone's kind of like thoughts about him. Um, but the way, you know, the, and the big thing for me was that, you know, it was told in a very funny way. Um, and there's been very, some very sort of serious devils over the years and there's been some more fun ones. I... I like to think of uh, Peter Cook in the original Bedazzled movie, um, which was yeah. a kind of good reference point for me. It had that kind of like satire and, and tongue-in-cheek delivery about it that I was really sort of um, attracted to. So, yeah, that was my kind of like, that was my, uh, my blueprint, really. And thinking about the storyline of deciding you don't want to be, you want to go to, go, uh, to Los Angeles, <clears throat> and, not, and, and yeah. do you still have all your powers? Tom, when you're in L.A.? Or do well, you still have the ability that's, to that's do the thing. what you... So in, the season, in season one and season two, uh, the answer to that question is yes. The, the big sort of story for season three is that Lucifer, um, he, his wings have come back. 
we find at the end of season two, he, he gets knocked over the head and dumped in the middle of the desert. He wakes up with his wings back. Um, and, and then when he tries to use his devil face, that no longer works. So season three has been about what, who's done this to him, what does it mean, and, and why. Um, and it's actually season three really, as a general theme, has been about identity, not just for Lucifer, but all our characters searching to find a new identity uh, in, in the world that they find themselves in. And would you say, Tom, that your character, even though it's Lucifer, has started to become more, have more humanity, more understanding about life going to L.A. and dealing with what he has yeah. to deal with, and then the issues well, happening. So we're starting to root for him, even though who would root for the devil, the thing, right? I think, Yeah, but that, I mean, that's, that's the difference. I mean, it's the classic sympathy for the devil um, the tag for this, for this show, but... You know, Lucifer's thing has always been he never chose to be the devil, and his dad made him that. And then, so throughout time, people have always blamed him for evil. And and he's like, why are they blaming me? It's in everybody. It does. I, I don't. I don't make people bad. They already are bad. I just kind of like I'm able to entice things out of them. Um, and so, it it, it was uh, it, it, that that spin on it was was something that I really I've enjoyed actually about the show and. and Subsequently, he started to experience feelings and emotions and things like that the more time he spends on Earth and the more time he spends around humans. So I think slowly, slowly but surely, he's um, becoming less devilish and more humane. And would you say, you know the interesting thing, Tom, is the way social media and your fan base plays into what's happening with the show and what your character kind of develops. It's different days than, you know, when TV didn't have... You got mailbags, but you didn't get this kind of immediate uh, conversation going and blogosphere and feedback. Has that helped your character yeah. in ways develop as well? <clears throat> well, I mean, I mean, the, I'd say the most sort of the nice thing about that sort of instantaneous response is that you do sort of get a feeling of how your audience are responding. <clears throat> and, you know, you only really get that as an actor if, if you're in the theatre, for example, and, you know, you're doing a comedy or something like that and you get an instantaneous laugh. You don't normally get that that feedback so instantaneously from your viewers. So that it, it, it is helpful. I mean, it is funny when, you know, people sort of um, theorise about what's going on and stuff. I'm watching it going, because people really do watch and listen to this show and kind of, um, you know, really take it on board and think about it. And it's, I have a lot of fun listening to people's theories about what's happening and what isn't happening. Um but yeah, we we don't um, we don't necessarily take our storylines from our viewers, but uh, it is nice to hear <laughs> how they're responding to what we are doing. And then you know to go that route or change it, the writers. I think that changes things so much, and that means that basically from your pilot season to now, you got to continue to evolve yeah. and look at different ways of developing. Because if yeah. you can't have that fan base, you don't stay on the air. That's the bottom line. Shows well, it's true. Going it's and true, and, yeah, and you want you sure. want your series. You, you want your series to to evolve. You want your characters to evolve, and you want the world in which they're living to sort of affect them somehow, and the characters around them. So I think, tonight, I mean, the, I would say you know the, one of the big big hooks for the show is this sort of central relationship between um, Lucifer and Detective Decker, um, and uh, you know, are they or are they not in love with each other? And and that's that's we find our audience rooting pretty much for uh, for Chloe and Lucifer's uh, love story basically. Well, I think that's fantastic, and it's very, very interesting, and people rooting for the devil now. Huh? That's a good way to start money. I know. Right? We th- all, are all, all are upset <laughs> we have to go to work today, and we're going to root for the devil. So, 
best place we can connect with you are you on social media, Tom. I talk about how important social media, blogosphere, Internet is such an important part in developing of characters. Where can we follow you and find info on you? So I'm on, uh, I'm on Twitter at TomEllis17. Um, and then you can get me on Instagram as well, uh, which is official Tom Ellis. And also today, I think myself and Amy Garcia are doing a live Instagram uh, chat at 3 o'clock on the, on the Lucifer and Fox Instagram page as well. So if people want to get onto that, they can ask some questions. Is, is, definitely need to connect to that. Isn't that amazing what happens, Tom? I, I'm blown away by this. I mean, uh, just that how just you basically connect with your fans, reach out and touch them. It's a, it's a really nice thing, and uh, uh, best of luck with the show and uh, continued Thank success. Thank you so much. Man. Okay. Uh, all right, Thank you very much. Thanks. Nice talking to you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show, and we'll be back in just a moment. They said they couldn't call up. Okay. All right. I'm here. Right. Stand by. All right, Ernie. We're back to the Neil Haley Show in the Total Celebrity segment. I'm excited to welcome the program celebrity Ernie Hudson. Ernie, how are you? It's good to catch up. How How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's good to uh, to talk to you guys. Absolutely, Ernie. Tonight it's going all down. Tonight you're going to be on Blue Bloods. I'm sure you were excited about that. 10 p.m. Eastern, opposite Donnie Wahlberg. So that's a new uh, yeah. appearance. What do you think of that? You know, I loved uh, working on the show. I did Donnie's first, the first movie he was in uh, years ago called Butter for HBO, and it was great to get together with him again and and uh, and, and and play. And Tom Selleck, I've been a fan of for years. So, um, but just a great show and a great cast. And so, what is your character going to be on tonight's show at 10 p.m. on CBS? Well, you know, I. Well, it's a fun character for me because it's a guy who's a high school principal who's just frustrated with the system and at some point kind of loses it and decides to take uh, matters in his own hands, uh, which is not a smart thing to do. But, um, but uh, yeah, so it's uh, I, I, what I love about Blue Bloods is they really, I think, deal with police work uh, very seriously, and uh, so the scripts are really well written. But, um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. and. and, and Pretty intense, actually. So I enjoy. Well, it. I think it definitely, absolutely, Ernie. I think it would be intense to talk about a high school principal who loses it. When I was a school teacher at times, I felt like I had to lose it at times with these kids. So you understand that these stories can happen, especially when you're a principal yeah. of some districts. It's a challenge. Where's the yeah, yeah, yeah. inner city principal uh, in the show? Are you in it? Yeah, yeah. What, He's a uh, principal of an inner city uh, school, and yeah, just. Just frustrated with a lot of uh, just the whole system, the students, the administration, the lack of, uh, and on and on and on. So, um, but the script is a it was a good script. And you know what's really interesting, Ernie, is that's the truth. It's telling the truth. It's telling what's happening yeah. in education today, and how so many teachers and principals and administrators are so frustrated that they have to teach to a test instead of really helping kids learn it's becoming such a yeah. frustration for sure yeah it is yeah it's really so unfortunate what's what's happened to our school system and it's it's it's, it's so important that we get it right but we seem to be getting it more and more wrong so um i, I hope I, I hope we can um make some corrections but i don't see that happening i see us sort of going more the other way which is too bad it is really too bad because you got to give teachers autonomy 
to teach and use their craft in the right way when you kind of handcuff them, that happens. Because I'm a former educator myself, Ernie. So we're getting to talk to right. celebrity Ernie Hudson on the Neil Haley Show. And also Grace and Frankie is, continues to be a success hit. And you love being on that show, right, Ernie? Things are going great. Oh, it's a yeah, it's a great show. Uh, you know, the character in Grace and Frankie is so different than the character in Blue Bloods, which is what I enjoy as an actor, being able to uh, do a variety of, of different characters. But uh, Grace and Frankie, it's just a really, just, you know, a fun show. It sort of appeals to all audiences. I was surprised. I thought it'd be just an old audience, but a lot of young people really love it, too. And I've been a fan of Jane Fonda's and Lily Tomlin's for decades. So, um I'm really having fun working on that show. Absolutely. And, again, you're the love interest, and, and that continues to uh, blossom, right? What's the latest on your character? Yeah. Well, you know, we, um, we, we decide to live together, and then we decide that uh, that's difficult, so we try the long-distance relationship. And so we, we're, like all relationships, trying to figure out how to make it work in a way that, we both feel good about. Absolutely, Ernie. So let's continue uh, with the, the big news. Also, you're going to be in Bad Boys with Gabrielle Union's as Gabrielle Union's father. That's exciting. The, the end yeah. TV show too. So yeah, 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 yeah. Tell that um, yeah, we just uh, signed to do that, and um, that uh, is a new NBC show. Uh, I don't think they fully cast it, but me and Gabrielle Union. Um, it's uh, it's an amazing, fun script, just like the movie, and um, so I'm excited about that. Well, absolutely. Think about how much we love Bad Boys, and now to put it as a TV show, fantastic, and um, that's a great character and a great opportunity for you, Ernie. So we'll, we'll have to stay tuned to find out in March on NBC what happens, right? Yeah, yeah. That uh, yeah, I think it's a. Uh, you know, I've done a lot of different ones, and you can never tell what's going to happen, but I can tell you the pilot, the script, is uh, is going to be good. Absolutely, and, and it seems like the reboots of movies to TV shows have been very successful with NBC, so I'm sure they're really looking at how the success of the movie and are able to see how they can bring new storylines together, Ernie, but yet still bring all the fans that are fans of Bad Boys. Right, yeah, I think so. And, I, you know, just a little different approach with a different time, you know, with sort of women empowerment. And um, so it'll be interesting, like you said, to see how they uh, position it. But I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And you love, and also the action. Just think about all those crazy car crash scenes and stuff that, that you deal with on Bad Boys. I'm sure it's going to be the same thing with... Uh, more technological advancements and shoots and stuff, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, we did uh, Bad Boys a few years ago, so um, nowadays, you know, I'm sure it'll be even more enhanced. But uh, but definitely exciting, and um, and, and it's a good storyline. The rela- I see, I love the relationships. So I play Gabrielle's dad, but he's also um, a very colorful character in himself. So... Be interesting to see how um, how it plays, but the relationships are really good. And Ernie, you're doing a lot of other projects as well, but people need to connect with you to find out what's going on with you, Ernie. So where's the best place we can connect to you? Where can we go? 
Well, there's uh, Ernie Hudson official. Uh, there's uh, on Facebook and um, Ernie hyphen Hudson on Twitter, and um, there's a website. Uh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I'm so not up on the social media, but uh, but I try. So you can uh, you can you can reach me at Ernie hyphen Hudson on Twitter or Ernie Hudson official on Facebook. Now, Ernie, how you all the shows you're on? How do you have time to? Tweet, I understand, and all those. So you have lots of people helping you out, and all those things. And uh, great talking to you. Everyone yeah. tune in tonight for sure. Friday, ten tonight, ten p.m. Eastern. Blue Bloods, and check you out. Guest starring, and all also Grace and Frankie, and all the other ventures. So thanks for calling, Ernie, and thanks for coming on the show. Great. Thank you. Great talking to you. Great talking to you too. Bye bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome to the program. We all know him from Ghostbusters, but he is doing so many unbelievable projects. Ernie Hudson. Ernie, thanks for calling. And, uh, Ernie, uh, congrats on the continued success of your career with a a lot of different projects you have coming up right now, you know? Yeah, it's a great time. I've been, uh, I feel very blessed and very thankful, and, um, yeah, life is good. Absolutely, Ernie. One little story before we get to the um, the haunting of is uh, basically let's go into how did this how did Ghostbusters come about for you? Well, Ghostbusters, um, you know, uh, I, I heard from my agent um, they were doing Ghostbusters, and there was a part in it, um, African American character. Um, I'd worked with the producers, Ivan Reitman. Um, uh, and Columbia the year before in a movie called Space Hunter. But Ivan, I found out, uh, felt I was all wrong for the movie, and they wouldn't see me. So it took me a couple of months to finally get them to give me a chance to audition. And um, so I went through the audition process and uh, eventually landed the role. So it wasn't just um, you know a given, uh, I think. The character in Space Hunter was a, a very different character than the character in Ghostbusters. Did you think you were going to, that Ghostbusters would be as successful as it was, the brand and everything? Well, you know, you do movies or TV shows. I knew that Ghostbusters, or I believed Ghostbusters would be uh, a hit and uh, maybe, you know, be number one at the box office, uh, but I didn't know that Ghostbusters would sustain for 30 years. I, I didn't know it was that kind of, some movies, you know, it's very popular, and then it, you move on to the next movie. But there's something about it that has, um, you know, lingered in a very different way. Um, very, very loyal fans. I didn't expect that part of it. Um, and I don't think anybody could have really. But but I knew the movie would be popular, and I knew the guys were funny, and the script was good. And so, you know, I wasn't surprised <laughs> yeah, that you, it was a hit. You, know. you work with such talented people, for sure, Ernie. Now, uh, again, t- uh, Saturday, September 10th at 11 a.m., again, The Haunting of. Tell us about this project. Well, you know, after I did Ghostbusters, um, I would get a lot of um, um, personal appearance requests. One was to spend the night in a haunted hotel in Greer, Arizona, which is up in the mountains. And uh, I had no interest in doing that, but they were paying me, so... Um, so I, uh, I I did. So my wife and I and my son thought it would be fun. We went there, and that night uh, we had a really unexplainable experience that to this day, or you know, I had never been able to quite understand what happened. 
Um, and then I got invited uh, last year to this show that's on Lifetime, The Haunting of, uh, to talk to this medium who I'd never talked to a medium before. Uh, oh, wow. and, uh, and the experience turned out to be amazing because what I thought was just some weird, random, strange experience turned out to be something that was very, very personal. And it was a message, I think, uh, that dealt with a lot of things that my son and I had, had been going through for years. And so it, it, it just turned out to be a very, very powerful experience that I did not expect. Well, think about it, Ernie. You know, you did the whole Ghostbusters thing, and, you know, and, we're, and, and it wasn't real. Now you're hearing this stuff, and you're like, oh, my. I, I'm changing some of yeah, my thoughts. Well, I, you know, I've always believed that um, we're greater than we realize. My grandmother um, would tell me that we're human beings. Uh, uh, the greater part of us is the being part. And um, so there's, a, there's another part of us that is, that we're unaware of in our human form, but it's still real, no less. So um, this kind of confirmed that for sure. <laughs> it confirmed it, and we always have to understand these things, and we're like, wow, and learning from that that experience. So for sure, and it it continues to be part of who who um, you're learning from. You know, the whole thing of uh, your brand of Ghostbusters, but then also that. Um, so yeah. again, everyone needs to tune in. Tune in a lifetime on Saturday, September 10th at 11 a.m. Uh, to uh, to the show. And are you doing more than just this one haunting of episode? Or uh, no, I'm just doing this. I'm working on a series now in Chicago called for Fox TV called APB. It'll it's a new series that'll start airing in January. And of course, I do the Grace and Frankie that's uh, in its third season for Netflix. And uh, there's a series I shot last fall called Graves with Nick Nolte and Celia Ward that'll start airing October 16th. So um, I've just really been been crazy busy, but I think this was a, the haunting of was a one-time thing. Now Grace and Frankie, oh my gosh, the success of that! You're you're blown away by that one too, because again, any Netflix project, you say, well, how is this going to go? And it's just it's it's going, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, and I think it's found an audience uh, because I think at first people thought, well, it'll only be, you know, an older audience, but kids love it. I'm I'm I'm, I'm meeting fans um, loving the show who I never would have expected, and that's that's great. And it's a very different character for me, um, and I'm I'm just uh, having a great time working with Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, and Martin Sheen. I mean, those guys are you know at the top of their game. They've been doing it longer than I have, and uh, I'm just so, um, so, just, you know, thankful to, to work with them. Absolutely. So, Ernie, where's the best place we can find information on you? We're going to tune in Saturday at 11 a.m., but also, uh, where can we find more information on you and all your different projects and stuff? Where's the place, best place we can go? Well, yeah, I have a website, um, um, it's, um, <laughs> uh, Ernie Hudson Official, and uh, Facebook is the same thing. And Twitter is Ernie underscore Hudson. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, um, just hit me up, be in touch. And uh, But there are a lot of great things uh, that are happening right now. You, you cannot believe the way how things connect and social media and everything. You're like, wow, a lot different than when I started. And that's the way this oh, yeah, is no, going. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's a different time now, and it's, it's a great time. I agree. 
All right, well, Ernie, thanks for calling, and best of luck, and thanks for taking the time to come on the show. Hey, best of luck to you, too, and you take care. All right, take care, Ernie. Okay, bye-bye. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show. We'll be back in just a moment. We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Caregiver Dave Celebrity Segment. I'm excited to welcome the program. Caregiver Dave Nassani. Dave, what's going on? How are you? Yay, great to be on the Neil Haley Show again. I'm doing great. Yeah, it's always great to be on it. And you know, the celebrity one that you're part of that success ranked number 16 celebrity podcast in the world really? above Shaq and all that, according to Feedspot. So it's a it's a tremendous honor where we've been growing as and to see different celebrity shows and where it's gone and all the major celebrities and the big things happening for what I'm doing. But let's talk sure. about your success of your caregiving podcast and where it's going now and how you are you continue to grow it. Well, no one's more surprised than me. I mean, Feedspot has us as number two caregiver podcast. And so we're really proud of that. Whoops. Got to turn my phone off here. Sorry about that. <laughs> so we're really proud of that. And I've been doing this now for eight years. It's, it's really hard to understand and explain but uh, I never thought that it would be as successful as it was, but I just kept doing it because I have a passion to do it. And I have guests on and caregivers, caregiver experts, and people who are actually caregivers. Most of the experts have done caregiving before. And we just want to find out, you know, why are you still alive? Because 30% of you actually die before their loved ones do. So you must be doing something right to still be here. <laughs> and they give their advice and their tips. And I, I, I go to the National Publicity Summit to find guests, and every time I go there, I'll pick up 40 or 50 guests, so almost a year's worth. And then it was, it was I had so many guests that I had to cut my shows down from an hour to 30 minutes. Now I do two a week, 30-minute shows, because we were scheduling them out way too far in advance. And now uh, I may have to go to three shows, so we're, we're having great success. People are watching, people are listening. And they're hopefully becoming better caregivers. And my, my message to caregivers is, even if you're not a caregiver, because I'm speaking to everybody, because everyone's got the same problems as a caregiver. Because before you're a caregiver, you're a normal person. And you, know, you have trouble saying no, you have trouble putting in boundaries, you have trouble just communicating with your loved ones, et cetera. And then you become a caregiver, everything's just magnified. So we try to teach caregivers how to say no, you know, I, I tell them just practice in the mirror. No, 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 no. You know, try a hundred different ways of saying no, because they just can't say no. And then they just keep saying yes. And they pretty soon, uh, you know, they burn out because there's nothing left uh, to give. You know, it's like your telephone when it, when it says, uh, you know, danger, uh, 10%, danger, 2%, you know, I'm always running out of battery on my phone because I, I wait until it's down to 20%. I should just keep it charged all the time. Or your gas tank. I want a gas station. Yeah. Ask me how many times I've run out of gas, you know? So I've learned, don't take your tank below half. Keep it full. Keep it topped off. And true with caregivers, too. And that's so true, Dave. And it's, 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 the, it's that process. It's that process of trying not to be burned out. Saying no. But it's tough because sometimes they can't speak as your wife has to use not words, but other ways of communication that it can become very frustrating. How can you say that word no and walk away when you're burned out? Well, coincidentally, my wife just had a meltdown uh, two nights ago over nothing really. 
but she, uh, you know, Thursday is our date day and she protects it very strongly. And I told her that I had a, a doctor appointment I needed to go to. And she goes, no, no, I didn't, you know, she's communicating. Why did you schedule on Thursday? You know, and she just lost it. I mean, she just started screaming and wailing and I couldn't stop her. I've never heard her scream and wail as long. I mean, she went on for like 30 minutes, just nonstop. And I realized that something was going on, you know, that all of this pent up frustration, years and years and years, she's been doing this for 25 years. It just needed to get out. And this was the little spark that did it. I mean, she was wailing like, like I died. You know, that's, that's the kind of wailing and, and crying that you save for when your dog got hit by a car or your husband just, uh, you know, died. And I, uh, there was no logic, no calming her down. So I just put her in the room and I just let her go through the process. And then when it was all over, I says, wow, what was that all about? And she says, ah. You know, I says, well, you obviously had a lot of frustration in you that needed to come out. You know, you can't leave this stuff inside. It's got to come out. And if you don't do it daily, then, uh, you know, you'll have exactly. an episode like that. <laughs> and you're holding it. And in I understood, you know, I yeah. didn't get all freaked out. I didn't, you know, yell. I just realized what was going on. And, and sometimes you just have to do that. It's not fun being Charlene, even though she's having a great time being Charlene. Uh, but if I was trapped in her body, God, I couldn't handle it as well as she is. She's amazing. She makes us normal people look like whiners and complainers. She's like Martha Stewart, Wonder Woman. And she, she's just like a wall, a one-arm wallpaper hanger. She does everything she did before, interior decorator, gourmet cook. Um, you know, I come home and the, the clothes are folded and the, the dishes are in the dishwasher and the food's on the table and, and the laundry is done. And I says, where are the elves that are helping you do this? She's got one arm, one leg. And duct tape over her mouth. How does she do that? I can't do that. Exactly. And that's the amazing thing that you see. But the, the burnout of caregiving. Why do you think? What do you think that caregivers need to do more of that they're not doing? Well, my mission is to teach people uh, not to do all the mistakes that I made in the beginning. You know, we had a two-year grieving period. She was very angry. And I just didn't think I could be with her anymore. I wrote her a letter. I said, Charlene, I... I why are you so mean to me? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be your caregiver, your husband, and I, I just can't do it anymore. And I, I, I read that letter over and over again. I said, how can I give this to the woman I love, to my soulmate, to the one I've been with for 25 years? I, I couldn't do it. I put it in my filing cabinet over here. And I just went on in my grief. But fortunately, I found a business card in my pocket that uh, told me, uh, go to a caregiver support group. I didn't even know what a caregiver was, didn't know what a support group was. But I figured somebody gave it to me. I must need it. I, I went and I learned that I had to put my oxygen mask on first. I learned if I didn't take care of me, I couldn't take care of her. So I really had permission to just be what I thought was being selfish, you know, because nobody wants to be selfish. But I was selfish. I took care of me so I could take care of her. And you know what? It started rubbing off on her. She saw that that I wasn't miserable when she would yell at me. And uh, pretty soon, you know, she's, she decided, well, you know, what am I so miserable about it? If he's uh, having fun, maybe I should have fun too. So she reinvented herself. You know, she has a strong faith in God and she realized that if God left her here and didn't take her, then he must have a, a purpose and a reason for her. So she became her old self again and, and our love was rekindled and, and I became Dave, the caregiver's caregiver and I helped caregivers to survive and not make my mistakes. So the thing is basically to get that support 
that's needed in a caregiving group. Absolutely. Absolutely. You need that support. So I, my website, caregiverdave.com is a support group, an online support group. And my uh, Facebook page of 35,000 members, I think is the latest number. And they come in, I'll put a funny meme out and I'll get like 200 uh, comments and a thousand likes and a uh, hundred shares. And it's people helping people, caregivers helping people. They tell their story and it, it, because thank God I don't have to do it because I'd be on the internet all, all day, but it's, it's like a support group, like a therapy group, right? And that's important because when you have that interaction and community, yeah. a community is such an important thing. You're not alone. Community. Someone else is going through this. I'm normal. You know, I'm not feeling uh, stuff that I shouldn't be feeling. And if they made it, I can make it too. And that's the message. Exactly. And that message and through your show, you're going to hear stories of caregiving from every type of person. Not, it's not just going to be somebody you would never think that's, that's going to be a caregiver, right? Because you always talk yeah. about that. And when we do the celebrity segment, when you ask that celebrity that last question about caregiving, they're blown away because they have dealt with it in some way. And the stories are amazing. And the tears uh, yeah. that some of them talk about. I know I'm so amazed. Almost Thank every you. single one of them has a caregiver story and they, and then they, it's like a switch hits on their head and all of a sudden, you know, they're having fun and doing all this. And all of a sudden they start tearing up. Oh yeah. Man. yeah Charlie oh, Pride's oh. Charlie Pride's son talking about Charlie. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was, that was really oh, breaking. Like, wow. Yeah. It's amazing. And, and it was your idea and I'm going to do it. I'm going to yeah. take every one of those uh, interviews and transcribe them and put them into a book. Yeah. And you know, my Terrible. last book, uh, it's my life too. thrive and stay alive as a caregiver. I just changed the title to it's your life too, because you know, it isn't about me. It's about you. And, and you know, it's like you're banging your hand on the table. Dang it. It's my life too. I'm going to survive you know there's no reason for me to be miserable taking care of and a lot of these people on my facebook page they're just complaining oh you it's a terrible day what do you mean there's joy in caregiving what do you mean i'm supposed to be happy you know i just had to clean up you know a, a diaper mess all over the place uh, da, 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 da. you know they're just looking at the glasses as half empty instead of half full it's a right. joy because many of these people when their loved one is gone they start, oh, I miss them so much. Yeah, it was hard, but gee, I wish they were back again. You know, I remember Dr. Laura Schlesinger had a show where she had this caller who called in all the time complaining about her husband leaving his toenail clippings all over the floor and it would just drive her crazy. And she called back like six months later and says, you know what? I'm the person who called about the toenail clippings. My husband passed away. Oh my. I would give anything to have those toenail clippings back on the floor. You know, so be, be it's amazing to think they just never know. And yeah. so, and I think that to hear those stories, to hear those people tell about caregiving, especially what you do in your platform, and you can listen, they can listen right now to your podcast where? Yeah, caregiverdave.com uh, and uh, Amazon. Uh, well, Amazon is the book. And then uh, my YouTube channel, uh, Caregiver Dave, um, YouTube, uh, got them on 26 platforms. You know what they are. Blog talk radio, yeah. pod, Podbean. I mean, they're everywhere. Just type in caregiver Dave and, uh, it goes on forever. Just like your name does. Yeah. And that's important. And that's what some people don't have. Branding, so if they yeah. want to, if they want to be able to do it, 
it's putting the time and effort in or have somebody else help you get to that point. And that's the big thing about Google because yeah, at the end of the everybody's day, passionate about something, something. You know, and everybody wants their name. Uh, but before I became a caregiver, my name, maybe three or four or five things about my gas station, whatever. But now it just goes on. It never ends. Never ends. Somebody, somebody wants that kind of uh, brand uh, recognition and internet presence, then they need to talk to you because you're the expert at that. Exactly. And that's <laughs> right. And I know what to do and do it. And then the thing that happens, Dave, is that, you know, through the show and interviewing those celebrities, it's so much easier when you're doing other events where you're speaking to go up to these celebrities. Right. So, man, I've talked to so many of them already. Right. And I have, and they're, they're, they're touched by the story. And yeah, the you don't know how many people want to, well, who is this guy? You know, and they'll Google you and then all of a sudden, whoa. Oh, yeah. You know, they've it's, done that to you. I, I've had guests say, well, I, I wasn't going to go on the show, but I Googled your name and, and I decided, well, maybe I, I need to. Isn't that it's crazy? Who knows all that? But the best place, caregiverdave.com. Dave, I appreciate it. Look forward to uh, continued success of the show at our shows and we'll keep growing, but we're yeah. always providing great information for people to help them. I, I hope we're not going to complete, completely censored from everything that's coming <laughs> soon. So hopefully yeah. then we'll have to, then we're going to have to do a subscription service. Who knows? I, I haven't I, been canceled yet. So I nah. must be, uh, yeah, I must not, not yet, offending Dave. them enough. Exactly. We have I'll to cut, off. We have to cut your mic. That's what we do. I appreciate it. Dave. <laughs> Take care, man. And we'll talk soon. God All right, bless, Dave, bye that bye. was the Caregiver Dave Celebrity segment. Take care. Hi, everyone. And welcome to the Mike Velarde Show. I'm excited to welcome the program. Mike Velarde. Mike, how are you? What's up? Great. How are you, Neil? Hey, man, we got banned on my YouTube channel, the Neil Haley Show YouTube channel. Again, because we, we play Mike Lardy show. We really don't care about, I guess, being politically correct about everything or the uh, people out there who decide in ways to just ban you because you have a different view. And we're talking COVID and YouTube puts a strike on my channel again. And what I'm going to say to YouTube and to any of these censors we're not China. Right. We, we, we're not Russia. We're not going on the KGB network today. We're going on. This is ridiculous. YouTube can't be where, oh, my gosh, we have. It's like wag the dog. Are you kidding me? Right. So, Mike, that happened because we mentioned COVID. So it is what it is. But introduce our guest today. I know it's a different topic, but it's terrible to think about. Well, I got a great guest today. My friend from Pakistan. So how welcome to the show. Tell us a little about yourself and what's going on here in America since your last trip, how it's changed. Dad. Yeah, I'm Pastor Suhail from Pakistan and uh, this is really an honor for me to be here this uh, afternoon. And uh, Pakistan is almost 96%. Uh, Islamic country and uh, Christians are hardly two or two point five uh, percent of the whole population, and uh, you know uh, Pakistan right now is one of the extremist uh, Islamic countries. So always there are challenges for minorities for churches, and we have seen a lot of uh, attacks in Pakistan. Uh, on churches, in communities, uh, in, in, in my city, we uh, have seen that a lot. And also the uh, ratio of uh, uh, 
educated people is really very low there especially in the villages uh, people cannot read and uh, we took it as a challenge to take the word of god through audio bibles in pakistan and uh, that is one of the way we find there to uh, preach the gospel to take the word of god because uh, people who cannot read so we have prepared an audio bible for them and now we are going village to village uh, to spread the word of god in pakistan wow how could how could people help you uh, would you have a website if they wanted to give to support your audio bibles how would they be able to reach out to you to do that uh i had website but uh, some uh, muslim people they hacked my website at one time and uh, now i am on facebook so uh, my name is sohail rahmat and uh, they can find me on facebook and also uh, the easiest way to help our ministry is like uh, western union moneygram ria some other uh, details we have and my email is r e h m a t dot s o h a i l so hail at ymail dot com okay and what are these bibles doing especially to get them out there especially in a, in a primarily uh, islamic country yeah so uh, because as i shared that uh, most of the communities especially living in villages they cannot read so uh, if we give them a bible in book form so that has nothing to uh, do with them because they cannot read so we prepared audio bibles and uh, now we are going to the villages and people who cannot read we uh, preach the gospel to them we tell them about jesus and then we give them audio bibles so they can hear the word of god because we believe faith comes by hearing wow so true mike wow it's 96% islamic pakistan that's right wow that, that must be so difficult are they all sunnis uh your main uh sect is sunnis then we also have shias and other uh, islamic groups but sunnis are the uh, highest uh, majority what type of persecution do you deal with being a christian in pakistan uh we have attacks on churches in my city even we have seen lot of attacks and uh, at one moment the whole christian colony uh, which was uh, about i mean uh, 120 or 120 plus homes each and every home was uh, burnt in uh, and uh, three churches uh, were burnt at uh, around 4 am a mob of 4000 uh, muslims they came there they looted their homes they uh, took each and every belonging of them and then they set the whole colony each and every home on fire then uh, we have seen attacks uh, to churches uh, during sunday service so suicide bombers they try to enter inside and uh, when the security try to stop them so they blew themselves and uh, many people died there many people 
injured and uh, also uh, these happen repeatedly and uh, also some other kinds of uh, one other pr- problem is going on right now uh, they try to uh, convert the or kidnap the uh, christian girls and they try to convert them uh, in in uh, i mean just Uh, this is one of the challenge which is increasing they try to uh, convert forcefully uh, on gunpoint uh, christian youth also so uh, lots of uh, challenges for christian community going on in pakistan right now mike wow. the, the to think about that and yet islam and muslims would not tell what's happening in countries like this why mike because the, the, their goal is to take over the goal of islam is to take over and dominate the world that is the goal i mean i, I had the opportunity to interview several um muslim what you might call extremists who one, one was the number three guy in the plo kamal salim the other one zakaria anani who had killed 234 people committing jihad Of course they both came to Christ and Kamal came here to um set in place the Islamic takeover of America. So before he got in a car accident and became a Christian, he was planning how to take over America for Islam, which is happening. I mean you see all these refugees that's how we have people look look at the Muslims we now have in Congress. Right. And that's where you're talking about their goal Well, China's goal now is to take over the world too. So, just to <laughs> my eye. And so we we have a lot of we have to get our military back up and everything like that we have with President Trump, that's for sure, because just or, or we're not going to be safe. Or it's situations like this are going to happen. Sir, how long did it happen where, you know, Islam took over 96% of the country? Was Pak were Pakistanis different, let's say 20, 30 years ago? How when did this rise happen that hardly any christians are in pakistan yeah actually uh, before 1947 pakistan and india uh, they were the same nation and uh, you know at one time uh, british was uh, ruling there mm-hmm. when uh, hindus they tried to get uh, rid of uh, british empire so muslims they started thinking that if uh, hindus they take over the land so uh, first we were under the uh, british empire and uh, after that we will go under the hindu empire so then they uh, raised their voice and they said we cannot uh, live or we don't want to live in, in uh, with india so we want another uh, separate nation so th- that is called as a two nations theory so then uh, in 1947 uh, pakistan became a separate muslim country oh wow and, uh, yeah and that is uh, i think only uh, one first or second country who was created on name of islam uh, specifically so was that during gandhi's time uh what year was gandhi Mahatma Gandhi and stuff like that. Yeah, life. that was the moment in 1947. So uh, uh, it was before 1947. I mean, uh, I forgot what Gandhi was. What, what he was year? A Hindu. Was, huh? Gandhi was a Hindu. 
Yeah, no. I yeah, Gandhi was. Yeah, he he was involved in uh, Hindu movement, and then uh, another folk who was uh, I mean uh, with them at one time, Muhammad Ali Jinnah. Uh, in Pakistan, we called him Qaid-e-Azam, which means the great leader. So during that moment, uh, Qaid Azam, who is the founder of Pakistan, so he decided uh, to uh, have another movement so they can uh, have a separate Islamic nation. Okay. So I didn't know that history. Did you know that history, Mike? No, no, I, I didn't. Um, now, India is still what? Half Hindu and half, uh, half Islamic? Uh, no, in uh, India, I think there are uh, almost 30% uh, Muslims, but the majority there is Hindus. Yeah. Okay. In Pakistan, we have around uh, 25, around 23 to 25 million. Uh, if I'm not miscalculating, or no, I think it's 250. To 30 to 250 million uh, population, but in Pak uh, in India, uh, the population of Muslim is more than Pakistanis, because India is uh, the second largest uh, populated country after China. India is the second uh, populated country in the world, right. so they have more Muslims in India than the uh, whole Pakistan. Wow. Wow. Did, did they make it illegal to be a Christian in Pakistan because they're a Muslim country? Yeah, according to the constitution, because uh, what I believe is uh, our uh, founder of Pakistan, he was a secular man. He was not extremist. And uh, according to our constitution, it says that uh, uh, government has nothing to do or our uh, uh, system has nothing to do with the religion you are free to uh, perform or you are free to uh, follow whatever religion uh, you want to so uh, state has nothing to do with your religion it's your personal uh, matter but uh, you know uh, during late 70s i think or start of uh, 80s this Islamic uh, extremism came in Pakistan. That's just crazy. It's in uh, the extremism. So there were certain Muslims that were more peaceful before the- Yeah, there are. I, I, I would say uh, that there are some, yeah. But the majority, they uh, are, I mean, they, they don't, bear anyone. There was a time when we were uh, small kids. So if we were used to go to any restaurant or any eating place, so the first question they used to ask was, uh, are you Christian or Muslim? So if you say we are Christians, so they had some uh, uh, different plates. They don't serve you in the plates which they used to serve to the Muslims. Wow. Okay. So you're like a second class citizen. That's what you're saying. Is that he's right? The... Yes, Mike. I said you're like a second class citizen, right? They put you in the back. They they hide you away from people. They don't 
they don't give you the same service yeah that's right there now it's much better but still in the backward areas in the villages where still there is a strong caste system there is a, a religious uh, extremism so still uh, in the backward areas but in the main cities now things are better when you go to any restaurant so uh, they don't ask you any more all right well this is really a good conversation so far has persecution gotten so bad in pakistan that people that christians have been killed yeah a lot of what does the government do about that nothing just uh, they register the case but they don't follow up so i haven't seen any uh one who uh, was judged or was given the punishment we, we did not see that so if this interview is aired in pakistan on social media you would get persecuted yeah that's right wow mike that's the thing we have to look at our freedoms because our freedoms are disappearing especially with the vaccine so that this will be on YouTube now, but it wouldn't probably be with the Pakistan. If I put, you know, um, Pakistani Muslims persecute Christians, Mike, that wouldn't go on YouTube either, right. which is really a sad situation. And it's true. It's happening. But we ignore these things. So like the vac, as I talked about the vaccine, we're second. If you're not vaccinated, you're a second class citizen in the United States or in some parts of the world. Soon, the United States, that might happen, Mike, unless the Supreme Court has something to say about it. Even though the vaccine doesn't stop you getting from getting COVID, even though with vaccine, there's been people that have died right after getting the shot, even though they, that, that other people have had heart palpitations and there's so many issues with the vaccine, it's still experimental. But yes, you're right. If you don't get it, you're a second class citizen. So we're about to see a caste system for the vaccine. Unbelievable enough, splitting people apart. This is this is end time prophecy coming to pass. That's what you're saying. Just like I wrote about in my book. The next step will be the mark of the beast. This is just a precursor to the mark of the beast. That's all it is. And you see those that are vaccinated hating those that aren't because they really have become convinced that if you somehow are not vaccinated, you're a danger to everybody else. Till Fauci came out with, and then we're going to get back to our conversation. Just had to bring that up. Till Fauci came out today and said, and I would love to do a Fauci impersonation right now. Okay. Oh, no, I don't know. Should I? Should I? Go for it. No. <laughs> it's okay for you to get the vaccine. It's fine. But the problem is, even with the vaccine, it's not going to make you safe anymore. You might still be hospitalized. But if you're going to be hospitalized, you need to get a booster. Then you'll be safe. Did I, did I talk about Wuhan? There you go. There's my Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, impersonation. I had to do it. But back to you, Mike. Any more questions? Is that what he, that? That what he really said that you're going to be hospitalized and you got to get the booster on top of it? Yes. It came out on CNN today. From that, That's from Fauci. Wow. So you got to look at your Facebook news and look at it in a way just to, to put certain things. But that's what he just said. You're going to believe Dr. Anthony Fauci, who absolutely lied about Wuhan and all these different things. And it's okay with the vaccine. But all right, let's, with Mike, let's segue back. Any more questions do we have about Pakistan? I really think everyone needs to go ahead and contact this man and send their money to get those Bibles, those, uh, these audio Bibles. That would be just a tremendous thing, right, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
you know, so let me ask you about the vaccination in Pakistan. Are, are they pushing for it like they are here? Yeah, they are doing the same. Uh, a time came when they banned to uh, travel, they banned to enter in the uh, shopping malls, and uh, still it's going on. And uh, it's like, a, I mean, forcefully they are trying to do that. All right. What's the, what's the vaccination? I myself, uh, pardon me? What's the vaccination rate right now? How many? Uh, right now, uh, they are in, importing uh, most uh, from China. But like I come to USA, so USA don't uh, accept Chinese vaccination. So uh, I uh, had Moderna. Right. From USA, so uh, people who uh, travel, so they give them Pfizer or Moderna or Johnson and Johnsons. But uh, for local people who uh, live in Pakistan and have no traveling plans, so they are given uh, mostly the Chinese shots. All right. So, best place we can connect with you, where is it so people can go and donate today and help you? Where can they go? Uh, well, as I said that uh, I'm in USA right now and I don't have any account or anything like that here in USA. But maybe you can uh, give to Mike and we can coordinate. All right. Give it to Mike Velarde. Go to Mike Velarde's Twitter. Tweet out, I want to help Christians in Pakistan that are being persecuted. Make sure you just tweet out to Mike and Mike will make sure he can contact you and maybe mention you on his pro on his uh, verified Twitter account. So I appreciate you guys. It was a great Mike Velarde show. Mike, I got myself in trouble. Maybe I need to do that meme of Dr. Anthony Fauci. Put it out on TikTok next. And I'm being honest. How can you trust a person that absolutely lied that said he was not part of the research and move on? And then we still have and we're still listening to this guy. Give us options. Come on now. Dr. Anthony Fauci must go. That's it. I appreciate you guys. All right, thank you guys. That was the Mike Velarde Show, guys. Take care.